Welcome to the Gambling Chalk Talk Podcast, where we major in the wager podcast, episode number 375. I'm joined by Nikki Gunn in this one, and we go through our NFL Week 15 picks. Remember, you can contact the coach with any comments and questions at Gambling Chalk Talk Podcast on our Twitter and Instagram handles at Talk Gambling, capital T, capital G, and Talk Gambling. Don't forget, MyBookieAG, use promo code DARTH at checkout. You get a 50% sign-up bonus when you do that. You play, you win, you get paid at MyBookieAG. And all the picks from myself, Darth Wager, Nikki Guns, AK-47, The Joker, you can find them at www.gamblingchalktalkpodcast.com. The picks are absolutely free. Click on the Amazon banner ad. It looks like my book, Squeeze Play. Buy yourself something nice. Buy somebody else something nice for Christmas. And a little bit comes back to help support the cost of the show at no additional cost to you. Speaking of my book, Squeeze Play, the Ali Armini series, Cold Blood Red, Fourth and Dead, Squeeze Play. You get them directly from my publisher, thewordverve.com, Amazon Prime, Kindle Select users. You can download it to your favorite electronic reading device. Let's get to it. Podcast number 375 with the guns. Nikki Guns, here we are. I guess we could call this the middle of December. The games, they matter for some and not so much for others. Got a, got a little quiz for you today. This is podcast number 375. One of the more famous number 75s in my opinion. He did win a Super Bowl. He was a second round pick, the 48th overall in the 1981 draft. Born January 6, 1960 in Somerville, Massachusetts. If I tell you the college, you'll know right away. All right, then don't say it. Just which side of the ball did he play? He played defense. He was a defensive end. Did he play for the Redskins? He did not play for the Redskins. Okay. He, I think he beat the Redskins in the Super Bowl, though. 75 played defense. Wasn't the Reds because I was thinking a few Redskins there. Um, just what team you can tell me the NFL team or no? That's probably gonna give it away. All right, his sons played in the NFL, that might give it away. Clay Matt, not Clay Matthews. No, um, he's an eight time pro bowler, three time first team all pro from 83 to 85. Second team All Pro in '86 and '89, Defensive Player of the Year 1985, 84 career sacks. Bruce Smith. No, Oakland Raider. Oh, Howie Long. Villanova. Uh, if I said Villanova yeah. Wildcat, you would have had it right I, away. I wouldn't have got that though. But really, Howie, Howie Long. Nope. Howie Long. Yep. Really. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Two sons played. Yep. Chris and Kyle Long both played in NFL. Got it. Podcast 75. I think he's one of my. Brother Joel's favorite players. Yeah. yeah. We all liked him growing up. He was our, yeah. our era. 59 years old. Looks pretty young. Yeah. Looks a lot better than uh, Terry Bradshaw. That's for darn sure. So, poor Terry. My bad. You're a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. <laughs> Terry was great. Ah, okay. Week 15. The Jets are at the Ravens on Thursday night. The spread is now 16 points. Guns, where are you going in this one? That number to me is just way, way too big. Uh, 
So this is one of the largest Thursday night spreads in the history of uh, NFL since they went to Thursday night football. Um, it's only the ninth time since 1990 that a team has been favored by 14 or more on a Thursday night game. Uh, the other times, uh, there were the other eight other times, uh, the team went eight and zero. The favorite went eight and zero straight up, and six and two against the spread. Well, good numbers there. Good, good, very good numbers. Uh, since 2017, the New York Jets are four and eighteen straight up on the road, seven fourteen and one against the spread on the road. They are not a good road team. One and four against the spread in their last five games. Uh, the Ravens last ten games at home. They are nine and one straight up, but only three and seven against the spread. Baltimore still has the uh, number one offense in the league. They score the most points a game. They rush for the most yards a game. Uh, they are fifth on pass defense a game and sixth against a rush. So huge mismatch on paper here. My thoughts on Baltimore are this: they're coming off a physical, high intensity game up in Buffalo. It seems like every game the week before the Niners, right, the Niners before that, that, that was what I was saying. It seems like every game they've played of late is a big game and they've delivered. This has to be to me a letdown spot. So uh, Lamar Jackson got banged up last week, hurt his quad. Uh, he's listed as questionable. He says he's going to play. I do think he's going to play. Uh, I think the Ravens are going to win this game, but I don't think this is going to be one of those games that they're extremely motivated. I don't think they're motivated to get margin here. I think they're going to look to be careful with Lamar and not run him as much as they can. Uh, they, they're going to want him to hand the ball off, let Ingram pound the ball. I think this is a big game for Ingram, although the Jets are number two in the league stopping the run. So it is a battle of strengths here. Baltimore wins the game, but I think the Jets hang around. I think the Jets are motivated. I think the Jets play hard. I just don't think the Ravens – Week after week of huge games, this is a letdown for the Ravens. I think the Baltimore wins, but they keep it. But the Jets keep it close. I will take the Jets here. Uh, we have disagreement to lead off on the road, non-division opponent, and the opponent also runs a unique offense, so you have less time to prepare. That's a big thing in this game. Le'Veon Bell is apparently over the sickness, but word is the Jets might release him. Um, yeah, he was bowling last week. He was bowling weekend. after he got diagnosed with the flu. Uh, the, they also, the Jets have a bunch of injuries all over the place as well. They're coming in banged up, especially at the cornerback position. The Jets' run defense is their only hope in this game. The problem is the Ravens' defense is much improved, so that and that Jets' offense is terrible. The Ravens get eight more first downs a game than the Jets. They outgain their opponents by over 100 yards. The Jets are outgained by 50 yards a game. That Jets defense is going to be on the field too long against the Ravens. I think this is like a 28-0 game. The coaching advantage is to Baltimore. Offensive line advantage, definitely to the Ravens. I don't like that Jets offensive line to begin with, and now it's on the road. The, the QB advantage definitely is going to the Ravens. The spread is 16. My numbers, my power ranking numbers, whether I tweak it one way or the other, has the spread should be 21.5 or 19.5 points. Lock it up. Coach's clipboard lock of the week oh, on a Thursday. Wow. Give me the Ravens minus 16. Wow. You got to be bold when you're chasing. Absolutely. The, when you're chasing the super contest, when you're on 400th and <laughs> whatever place that I am. Wow. Yep. Comes out firing. Coming out firing. Coming out firing. <clears throat> One o'clock. 
this Bucks Lions game, it's off the it's off the board on a lot of places. But I got a line of three and a half. Uh, Jameis has a fracture in his right thumb. Uh, I think that makes a big difference in this game. My, I one set of one set of my power rankings has this game should be a pick'em. My other set of set of power rankings says the Lions should be getting six. <laughs> so I'm staying away from this game, especially with Jameis having that fractured thumb. Uh, that I think the offense ability of these two teams is even, but since Stafford's been out, the Lions' numbers have dropped. Tampa's offense numbers lately have been lately have been amazing: nine point three yards per pass, six point three yards per play. Lions are one of the worst teams in the league stopping the packs, uh, stopping the pass. The Bucks have played well on the road. They're four and three on the road. They lost by a touchdown in New Orleans. They they lost at Tennessee by four, and they lost in Seattle by six, which was a close game down to the wire. So even their three losses, they've been very competitive on the road. Coaching advantage goes to Tampa Bay. Offensive line advantage, Tampa Bay. Defensive line advantage, Tampa Bay. Big advantage in the defensive line, especially in stopping the run. If Jameis plays, they have the QB advantage in Jameis. Boy, the more I talk about it, the more I want to lock it up. I like Tampa minus three and a half. I th- I agree with you here. Stay away game for me only because we don't know the status of Jameis and whether he's going to play or not. Um, Lions have lost six in a row. Uh, in their last eight games, they're one six and one against the spread, including Thanksgiving. Uh, Tampa Bay last ten December games for Tampa Bay, eight one and one against the spread. Oh wow! Arians uh, heard him on the radio this week on uh, XM Cyrus Radio, all fired up. He loves the resiliency this team uh, is showing that they're not giving up on the season, uh, fighting you know fighting to the end here. Um. So again, I'm worried about Winston here. Don't know the story. Tampa Bay third third most points a game as far as uh, offense in the NFL. Um, second most passing yards a game in the NFL, and they're number one defending the run. Uh, Lions since they've had their third string quarterback in there, uh, he got hot on Thanksgiving Day, and since then, uh, not so much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they saw what he likes to do. They took it away, and this guy is unable to adjust. Uh, Detroit can't stop the pass. Um, there's, they just have no offense with that, with that quarterback in the game. Stay away from me. I just don't, I'm not high on either team. Jameis can come out and throw four interceptions and lose it. Uh, but since we pick every game, I'm going to take the Bucks lane in three and a half. Taking the Bucks. Eagles minus four and a half at the Redskins. This line started out at six and dropped to four and a half, Nick. Who you got in this one? I think that line is now, it's now five. It went up to five. It went up to five. Damn it. Yep. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get it at four and a half. What, what do you got? Uh, Philly has won five straight games against Washington, and they're four and one against the spread in those last five games. Uh, Washington, last seven, to game, uh, seven division games in the NFC, uh, NFC East, they're 0 and 7 and 1 and 6 against the spread. Ooh. They are not a good team right now. Uh, Haskins, couple of wins. I don't know how, you know, they snuck them out, but, uh, you know, the, the pumpkin has showed up for Cinderella. His uh, his days are done. Um, at home, the last ten games, Washington one and nine straight up, three and seven against the spread. Not a good ball a ball team. Not a good ball team. Philadelphia, third best in the league stopping the run. They looked horrible in the first half. In that first half of Monday night, uh, I give Peterson credit. He made some big adjustments. 
They looked like champions in the they second did. half. They did. They they looked like a completely different team. Um, I just think in that game, even though a couple of first downs by the Giants, and that's a different game. They were they. I think every possession. They don't drop that ball in the overtime. They might might be a different. I think outcome. every possession in the second half was a punt. Yeah. And that play when they ran that flea flicker to Barkley, if they would have blocked, did you see how wide open those receivers were? Yeah. The whole secondary came down. That play Tate would have been. That was yeah. six. Anyway. I regress. Uh, not in love with this game. Um, I'm not impressed with Philadelphia. I don't think they're able to run the ball. At, uh, Alshon Jeffries is out for the year. Five is a lot of points. I think Washington's going to pound the ball and shorten the game. I'm not betting on it, but since we have to, I'm going to take the skins here with the five at home. All right, we're having a disagreement here. Uh Lane Johnson looked like he hurt his ankle pretty badly, too, in the Giants game. He's questionable, yep. Uh you know, Ashlon Jeffrey gone. They're really struggling in offense. But Washington, Darius Geis injured his knee last week, MCL sprain. That's that's bad for them. He just started getting rolling again. That's a big loss for them because offensively, they stink. Uh, linebackers, uh, Ryan Kerrigan and, and Anderson, the both Ryans there, right? Kerrigan and Anderson, are, are injured. Uh, that's going to allow Zach Ertz a little bit more freedom in that belly of the Washington uh, defense, and that's big in this game. Despite the Eagles struggling offense, it's better than the Skins offense, especially on third down where the Eagles convert 45% and the Redskins just 27%. The Eagles defense looked good in the second half. The secondary can't get torched, you know, can get torched from time to time. Eli proved that. But I don't think Dwayne Haskins has the ability to take advantage of that, especially without uh, Redskins receiving core. Phillies won five straight. The closest game was uh, on September 8th this year when they lost by five. I am going to lay the five points with the Eagles, and it is one of my best bets. I'm taking the Eagles back against the wall. They need this game. Big showdown the next week. It's not going to be a letdown week. They need this game. They know it. I think they blow out Washington in Washington. That's my that's my other worry about this game is this game really technically doesn't mean Nothing. anything to the Redskins. It's, it's all on next week, so I wonder – you know, Philly has no no reason to create margin here. And if, if things start going sideways, do they just pull their guys and get them ready for next week against Dallas? Because that's the division's on the line next week. Next one up, Bears getting four and a half at the Packers. Both these teams are getting outgained each game by about 30 yards. Much different records, though, huh? The... Uh, the Packers' inability to stop the run might balance that Bears offense a little bit. This will help Trubisky. Trubisky looks like he's moving a little bit better out there as well. I had some very nice runs last game. Uh, the Bears have a big advantage on defense, about a yard per play on every run and more than a yard on every pass per play. Uh, so that Bears defense is big. This is too many points to be given the Bears in a division game. The defense and offensive line advantage goes to the Bears. I think the coaching uh, advantage is a wash. I don't trust either of these coaches. The QB advantage, obviously, that one goes to the Packers, and that might be the difference in this game. But I think this is a field goal game either way. Uh, I'm going to take the Bears in the four and a half points. Uh, you got agreement here, and I'm going to lock up the Bears getting the four and a half. Ooh. It's going to be 15 degrees in Lambeau, um, Chicago, six and up, six and zero oh straight up. Also, 6-0 and against the spread last six games when the temperature is below 40 degrees. Um, 
They've struggled the last nine games against the spread. They're only two and seven against the spread, but they've been coming on lately. They seem the last couple of games like a, a new offense, like they've discovered things. Trubisky has it going. Green Bay, last 18, 18 games against the Bears. I cannot talk tonight for some reason. <laughs> they are 15 and three straight up and 13 and five against the spread. In December, Green Bay, last 10 games. Three and seven straight up and three and seven against the spread in, in December. That's when that's when the pack's supposed to take over, but they've not been playing well. Uh, they're very good in turnover differential. They're third in the league. Uh, Chicago Bears defense has given up the fourth fewest points in the NFL this year. So we have a battle of strengths here. It's Chicago's D and Green Bay's offense. I give advantage Chicago defense. Um, Weather will help that defense too. Absolutely. Uh I agree with you. I think Green Bay is the most overrated 10-3 and team I have ever seen in my life, if that's possible. Um, I think it's just a matter of, of teams that are going in different directions right now. Bears running hot, uh, one, two in a row, scoring a lot of points. Green Bay muddled through that game last week against, against Washington. Uh, there were points in that game where Washington was in, was – I mean, in legit chance they were going to lose that game, and the, and the Packers jumped out early, fourteen right. nothing. And then, but they they Washington hung around, and um, I'm not impressed with with Green Bay's offense. Everybody was all over Holmgren about you know how bad a job he was doing, and not how, Holmgren, you mean uh, who's he? What's he? Oh, um, not Holmgren. Uh, <laughs> you have flashbacks. To, what's his, um, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name either. You'll you'll pull it up while I'm talking, but <laughs> uh, McCarthy. McCarthy. They yeah. were all over him about he runs an old fashioned offense and he you know he's you know his plays are simple. Well, guess what? Things don't look much different right now. Nope. Um they're not putting up points. Rodgers is basically a game manager. It's it's the Aaron Jones show. So I like the Bears. Lock it up. Get in the four and a half. All right, last game before a break here. We got the Patriots laying nine and a half at the Bengals. I'm sure you have a lot to say on this one, Nick. What you what you got with uh with the video recording and uh, this, this ought to be good. I'm, I'm I just want to, you know, this I'll, I'll stall a little bit so John Aces can take some notes because I'm sure he's gonna fire back with some with some stuff on this one. So first we're gonna talk football and then we'll talk about the shenanigans, uh, Spygate Part Two. <laughs> really, part like five. Yeah, it's, really, it's part five when it all gets settled. So. I've taken New England the last two weeks in the Super Contest and lost both. Um, I have locked them up five-star the last two weeks, and they've lost both. Um, so you keep doing it to jinx them? No, there's just <laughs> – I mean, there's just no way, especially with the Spygate 2 and the allegations coming out of Cincinnati. When I saw that line come out, um, initially it was 10. It went down to 9. It's back to 9.5. I will be completely shocked – if New England does not put a beating on Cincinnati this week, um, I'm locking this up. I'm taking New England. Last 20 games that New England's been a double-digit favorite, they are 19 and one straight up and 16 and four against the spread. Cincinnati's last 12 home games, they're three and nine straight up and two and ten against the spread. Since 2017, Cincinnati's been a double-digit dog eight times. They're 0-8. Um, Cincinnati, 0-7 at home this year. They've scored the second least points a game. They have not scored two offensive touchdowns in a single game this year. 
They probably won't against that Patriots defense. Right, and you're going <laughs> up against the New England def- uh, defense, which is the best in the league as far as points a game. They're number one in turnovers. They're second against the pass. Um, uh, Cincinnati's bottom of the league in turnovers. They're last against stopping the run. I can't see this game going any other way, especially with we're on to Cincinnati with all the shenanigans going on. So do you want to talk about the game and then throw it back to me about Spygate yeah, too? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Right. So that New England offense scares me because they're not really putting points up on the board either unless they're doing a little trickeration. The stats are about even with the Cincy in yards per play, yards per run for the Patriots and, and Cincinnati Bengals offense. That's pretty bad. Even third down percentage and red and red zone percentage, TD percentage, is about the same since in New England. Cincinnati's defense is really bad, though. The, the run and passing game of the Patriots should get healthy in this game. I was thinking that, you know, this will be an angry Pats team against a, a dead man walking Cincinnati team, but Cincinnati seems pretty mad about what went on the other day. They just don't have the horses. They just, that's it. They just don't have the horses. You Does the crowd get into it because of this? I, it was a game I was going to make a best bet, but I backed off it after all the shenanigans that were going on because I'm not so certain that like maybe the NFL will be like, hey, the Patriots mystery holding calls against them. I wouldn't be shocked if something like that happens in this one. I'll take the Pats, but I'm not locking it up. I'm, I'm, I'm staying away from this one. So as far as the Spygate 2 incident goes, You've got to be kidding me. There's no way this is coincidence. There's no way this is an accident. It was an independent contractor. <laughs> Why would an independent contractor focus solely on the sidelines of Cincinnati if your documentary is about a scout up in the booth so the camera's pointed for eight minutes straight at the head coach of Cincinnati signaling in plays. They're looking for tendencies. They're looking for expressions. I think this has been going on for years with New England. I I'll, heard I heard when they played the Rams, they knew what the Rams were going to run based on where McVay was standing on the sideline. That's just freakish. <laughs> I completely believe it. This isn't going away. It's not coincidence. It's not happenstance. You can try to defend or say whatever you want, New England fans. And if listen, if there's Patriot fans out there, hit the coach up on Twitter. Hit Nikki Guns up on Twitter. Email us. I want to hear your explanation <laughs> as to how this goes down or how you guys should get the benefit of the doubt. They need to set the tone. They need to punish New England to the point that these shenanigans stop. You're doing this against a team that has one win on the season, but that's the obsession Belichick has with chasing titles and winning ball games. So what do you do? Suspend Belichick for a game? Maybe suspend him the rest of the season. Maybe maybe take away two first-round picks and suspend Belichick the rest of the year. Let wow. McDaniels run the show and let's see what happens. And they caught him taping stuff for when he was the coach of Denver. Get out of here. It's really? part of the culture. Wow. It's part of the culture. Well, apparently the Lions haven't been doing that. <laughs> no. Anyway, Patriot fans, Asus, Piro, got one word for you. Pathetic. That's what I think in New England. 
put an asterisk next to every single Super Bowl championship they have. When this all comes out later in the wash, I'm going to be all over you guys. Let's move on. It's a great time to take a break. <laughs> Please be sure to visit www.gamblingchalktalkpodcast.com and get all the free picks from the podcast, guys. NFL, college football, college basketball, NBA, even Major League Baseball. They're all free at www.gamblingchalktalkpodcast.com. Click on the Amazon banner ad. It looks like my book, Squeeze Play, and it takes you right to Amazon. You buy yourself something nice with all those winnings we've been giving you with the picks, and a little bit comes back to help support the cost of the show at no additional cost to you. Again, visit www.gamblingchalktalkpodcast.com. So we're back, and we come back from the, the Patriots tirade. We go to a, a, a Patriot protege, protege, prodigy, protege, whatever you want to call it. We're going to the Titans, Texans, Mike Vrabel. The Texans are getting three at the Titans. The Houston secondary is dinged up. Tennessee is getting outgained in yards per game this season, but not since Tannehill entered as a starter. The Texans have been even in yards per game. The offensive play is even in yards per play. Houston has an advantage on third down. But since Tannehill's been around, the Titans' third down's gotten much better. The Titans' defense is better in yards per play and really better on third down than, than the Texans. Looking at this game, QB advantage to the Texans. Offensive line, I'm going to call it a wash. Defensive line, Tennessee, coaching battle even. People are going to be down on the Texans after that loss to the Broncos, but I think they might have been looking ahead to this game possibly, and that might have been the letdown in that Broncos game. I think the Texans stand stand up and step up in this game, and I am locking it up. A second coach's clipboard lock of the week. Give me the Texans getting three points at the Titans, who – They've been on a win streak, but they were even at halftime. They got away with a miracle win against uh, Kansas City. And the Indianapolis game was close, and then there was the block field goal that really swung the game around when Indianapolis could have gotten the lead. They've been winning with smoke and mirrors. I think the smoke clears on this day, and you'll see the Titans uh, losing to the Texans. We have major disagreement. Oh, do we have a lock fight? This is my five-star oh. stone-cold lead pipe lock of the week. Oh, we get a lock fight. Last three games against the Texans in Nashville, Tennessee, 3-0 and straight up, 3-0 and against the spread. Since Tannehill took over, the Titans are 4-0 and straight up and 3-0-1 and against the spread, and they're averaging 31 points a game. We forget. Tannehill was a first-round draft pick out of A&M. This guy was a playmaker, and he's showing it right now. He's finally got a coaching staff and a team around him that is allowing him to flourish. Tennessee, last 10 home games versus AFC South. They're 8-2 and two straight up. They're 8-2 and two against the spread. Texans on the road against the AFC South. They're 3-6 and six straight up and 3-6 and six against the spread in their last nine games. They're also... 0-4-1 against the spread in December in their last five games. So they've played five games in December, 0-4-1 against the spread. Since week seven, Tannehill leads the league in QBR. He has been on fire. Uh, Tennessee's defense is ninth in the league. They're allowing less than 20 points a game in their ninth in turnover differential. They are a different team with Tannehill. And this time of the year, Derrick Henry is unstoppable. 
I get what the coach is saying. This could be the the uh, parlay buster of the week because I'm <laughs> sure everybody likes Tennessee like me. But uh, it makes me happy that the coach likes the other, likes the other way. Uh, makes me know that I'm not just all in on on the shenanigans here. So Watson's dangerous. They could be a team that brings it, but I am all over the Titans here. I think they win this game and take over first place in the South. Texans become the wild card, and then they meet again, I believe, in another the last week yeah, two weeks, so it will be a battle. I love the Titans here. My best bet of the week. All right. We got a lock fight to lead off the – after that, after the advertising break there. Next one up, the Seahawks are minus six at the Panthers. We we talked about some teams have given up on the season. This might be one of those teams. What do you got in this one, Nick? So I agree. I think uh, Carolina has mailed it in. Um, Seattle uh, came into a tie this week with the Niners for first place out in the NFC West. So there's... There's a lot to play for for Seattle. Uh, Carolina last week, no show against Atlanta. Um, got the ball run down their throat, thrown all over. Seattle in the Eastern Time Zone, <clears throat> they have six straight wins. They're five and one against the spread in the Eastern Time Zone. Uh, on the road this year, they're also six and one straight up and five and two against the spread. Carolina's last seven games, they're one and six, and they're two and five against the spread. Like we said, coaching change. Uh, season's over. Perry was it Perry Fuel? Yep. Yeah, just no show last week. Uh, they're they're only two and four at home this week. Uh, they've allowed the 29th most rushing yards a game, and that's Seattle's game. I think they pound Chris Carson. I think he has a huge week. Um, Carolina's bottom in the league in turnover differential at minus six. Seattle's the third uh, best running team. They score the sixth most most points in the league. They have difficulty stopping the pass, but Carolina's unable to pass right now. I think this is a get-right game for Seattle. Give me the Seahawks laying the six and a half. It's only six. Okay, I'll take them laying six. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I'm taking I'm taking Seattle. Uh, Carolina's regression uh, uh, <laughs> as the season's gone deeper has been a steep decline. The Seahawks have an advantage passing the ball in this game. Carolina run defense is weak, which is going to help Brian Schottenheimer's uh, offense. Third down advantage goes to Seattle. Both teams are efficient, about 60% in the red zone. But that QB advantage is so huge with Seattle in this one. And I think the coaching advantage is huge with Seattle. Uh, (laughs) My my numbers say this should be a three- or four-point spread, but I think it doesn't factor in the give-up factor of Carolina. Um, I think Carolina's uh, pass rush is not that good. It's a little bit better than Seattle's, but I think Russell Wilson takes advantage of that, uh, takes care of that disadvantage that Seattle might have in that mm-hmm. situation. So I'll, I'll lay the six with Seattle, but I'm not going to make a play on this. They, one they lost last week too, so they really need this game. Yep. Next one up. This line has moved quite a bit. I don't know if something came out about Mahomes not playing that I haven't seen yet. The line was 11.5. It's down to 9.5. These two offenses look very similar the last three games with Drew Locke at the helm. Uh, The Chiefs, overall, much more explosive, especially when they're home. That KC pass defense is not bad, but they can give up some yards on the ground, and that's Denver's strength, the run game. The oddity is Kansas City's pass rush and sack rate is better than that of Denver. 
Uh, Denver has a pretty good run defense. The offensive line advantage goes to KC, but KC allows more pressure on the quarterback than the defensive the Denver offensive line does. So very odd matchup with the offense and defensive line. This is a blot the last time they played in Denver. Uh, ability to run the ball for Denver makes me want to take them. My power numbers say this should be about 11 points. Another set of power numbers say it should be 13. Now it's under 10. I switched my pick. I'm taking the Chiefs. When it got under 10, I'm going to the Chiefs. Uh, we have agreement. Uh, simple as this. Andy Reid against the AFC West since 2015. 25-2 straight up, 20-7 and seven against the spread. He owns that division. Um, last eight times he's he is 8-0 straight up and 7-1 against the spread. Um, Reid at home is dangerous, especially right now the way that defense is coming around. This team almost reminds me of, like, I'm trying to think of the team. There was a team that had a good offense, but they're all oh, the Colts that year when they had oh, – um, yeah, Remember they had the safety? Uh, yes. Yeah, what was that safety? He was really He's good. He's always hurt. Yeah. Sanders. Bob Sanders. Yes, but he got healthy, and suddenly yeah. that defense During came, the playoff run, yes, came alive, the Colts that year. Yep. It kind of reminds me of that team. They, they're like laying in the weeds. Um, Denver is 2-0 and against the spread with Locke. Um, their last nine games, Denver 7-2 and against the spread. So they're dangerous, but I think this week is when the shoes come off a of lock and he gets exposed. Um, both teams, top of the league in turnover differential. Kansas City at home. It's going to be cold. Locks outside on the road. Arrowhead is a different type of home field. I think he runs into some trouble here. I'll take Kansas City laying that nine. The Miami Dolphins are visiting my beloved New York Giants. And somehow the Dolphins are getting three and a half points. Nick, who you got in this one? Makes no sense to me. Uh, stay away game. Miami 7-2 and two against the spread in their last nine games. Three and six straight up. G-Men, they came through for me on Monday night. I know they didn't win the game, but I had them laying those points. I told you that was one of my locks of the weeks, and they delivered. Eli came out slinging. Uh, they should have won that game. They outplayed Philly that game. Um, New York Giants, last five against the AFC. 0-5 straight up. 1-4 against the spread. Um, last 14 home games for the G-Men, 2-11-1 against the spread, 3-11 straight up. Not they, good. They don't have a home field advantage. I think Fitzmagic, he, he's used to playing this stadium. I think he comes out and delivers. I'll take Miami to win the game on the field. Got agreement with me. I like the Dolphins in this one, getting three and a half points. The Giants have the advantage on both lines, offense and defense, but the QB advantage and the coaching advantage is very important, and Miami has that one. The offer, offensive numbers this year favor the Giants, but the last half of the season for the Giants has not gone well, and the Dolphins has been much better, especially on third down. So these are two offenses going in different directions. The defensive splits are fairly even for both squads, and I think Fitzmagic takes advantage of that Giants secondary. They rallied around Eli last week in the first half of, of the Monday night game, but that fizzled out quickly. I'm grabbing the points to, despite my numbers saying Miami should be getting six and a half points. I ran another set of numbers. I've been tweaking my numbers a little bit here. My other set of power rankings say the Dolphins should be getting three where this line is. This is I think the Giants are one of those teams like the, the Carolina Panthers where it's over. 
It's over. The coaching staff, they're not going to respond to him. They know they're out the door. Give me the Dolphins in a three and a half with an up-and-coming coach, up-and-coming team. Give me the Dolphins. On a side note, I like the over in this game. And the number has dropped from 48 to 46 and yep. a half. I so, like the over. So, yeah, the Dolphins might score 35 on their own. So this is a good time. Take a break. Thanks to our show supporter, AG. Everybody listens to the show to find out who to bet on. Where you bet is just as important. Go to www.mybookieag. They have live in-game betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and a mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Just visit mybookieag. That is M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. Use the Gambling Chalk Talk podcast promo code DARTH, D-A-R-T-H, to activate this offer. Be like the Chalk Talk sports guys and major and a wager. You play, you win, you get paid at MyBookieAG. Now for the 4 o'clock in the primetime games. Oh, Chase Young, I hope the Giants get him because the Giants did me solid last week. They, they they covered and they lost. I mean, Shermer will be gone. We'll have uh, you know Jason Garrett coaching. More likely, I think it might be Riverboat Ron. A little connection to Gettleman. Even though Gettleman didn't hire Riverboat Ron, they know each other. I wouldn't be shocked if it's Riverboat Ron. He'd be a good Giants coach. So yep his 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 ethos kind of matches the yes. Giants yeah. tradition of yep. defense and yep. running uh, the ball. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that'd be a good, uh, that'd be a good fix. Just for the record last week, uh, the G men. So I had to, I was all over the G men and then um, late middle third quarter, uh, Philly live bet went to seven and a half, took them on top of what I had. So everything worked out. You middled it, middled it. Just uh, that live <laughs> betting. Just keep an eye on it. It, uh, it can be, advantageous four o'clock i can't figure out if the raiders are a dead team walking or the jag i think the jaguars are but the jaguars are at the raiders last i checked the spread was six i'm gonna double check it real quick here it's up to seven oh boy oh boy some places have it at six and a half some places at seven depending on where you're going what do you got in this one, Nick? This is my second five-star Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. Oh, he's locking it up. Give me Chucky Gruden and the Raiders in a route over Jacksonville. Jacksonville, dead team walking. This may be the last game ever played in Oakland. Um, they've won seven out of their last nine home games despite getting blown out by Tennessee. Last ten home games, Oakland Raiders 7-3 and three against the spread. Jacksonville since 2008 in December, three and 20 straight up, <laughs> seven and 16 against the spread. They've lost five straight games by 17 or more. I think the energy in Oakland is going to be ridiculous. Gruden um, had a big press conference, said he's not doing what he needs to do. He said there will be a big shakeup in Oakland this week. He's changing things up. I think the Raiders show out for their fans this week and blow Jacksonville out. I'll lay seven. I'll lay eight. I'll lay eight and a half. Give me the Oakland Raiders five-star stone cold. Lock it up super contest. Give me the Oakland Raiders. Uh, we got disagreement on this one. I, my numbers say the Jaguars should be getting just two points. Or 
when I run my reset, it's four and a half. Either way, it's way too many points. Josh Jacobs, fractured shoulder, he's done. That is the key to that Raiders offense because if he doesn't get going, it really hurts their car. And these teams actually have very similar splits in yards per play. The Jags are a tick better uh, per run than the Raiders. Regression from both teams has been fairly bad. Uh, Gruden's on a return. Marone most likely will not. So you're not going to – you think you might not get an inspired performance from the Jaguars. You probably get one from the Raiders because they know who their coach is going to be. But you have this factor. Tom Coughlin might come down out of the out of the offices and start coaching. And I think the people have heard that. So you might get a little bit of inspiration from that Jaguars team this week. Uh, I think the Raiders have the advantage at QB, offensive and defensive line. This is too many points, though. I, I it seems like a trick because there's both set of power rankings that just don't look right for me. Uh I'm going to take the Jags into seven points. It, it, something's not right in Raiderland. They've been outscored all year. Maybe they overachieved early, but this could be two dead teams walking. And I, maybe Coughlin will give a yay rah rah speech. I'm not sure. Next one up, we're going to the desert. The Cleveland Browns, who did me very well last week. That's a good call. Uh, they're, they are giving the home team. Arizona Cardinals, two and a half points. I think this is value. I think the Cardinals should be getting at least three and a half points. It's it's kind of hard not to back the Browns in this one. They're better in yards per pass, yards per run, third down percentage. The defense is better in yards per run and pass. Their third down stopping uh, percentage is better than the Cardinals. The Browns are better in the red zone TD offense and defense. Well, the defense is kind of a wash. Zona's not have, might have a better QB and a better coach, but I think people are starting to figure out Cliff Kingsbury a little bit. I think the Browns control both lines on both sides of the ball. I'm going to lock it up again with the Browns. I'll lay the two and a half points. Lock it up. Cardinals since 2018, two 12 and one straight up, six and nine against the spread at home. But I'm going to tell you why the Cleveland Browns will lose this game on the field, and Not I'll tell lose. you, I'll tell you why. I'm locking up. Oh no, the Arizona Cardinals. Another lock fight. Cleveland Browns in the Pacific Time Zone, two and 19 straight up in their last 21 games out west. Mayfield. Has not looked good the last few weeks. He's completing less than 50% of his passes. He should have thrown three picks last Sunday. He threw two. He's playing with a hurt hand. They still won the game. He looks bad. Beckham wants out. Do you see all the highlights of Beckham going up to players and whispering and covering his mouth saying, come get me? He said it to Garoppolo. He said it to Aaron Rodgers when they when they meet after the game at, at midfield. Beckham's checked out. Beckham wants out of Cleveland. Uh, if they let go of him, I guess it's only like $3 million in um, dead cap space, so they can definitely get rid of him. This is what he does. This, this is what he's he did a cancer. the whole time with Absolutely. the Giants. He's a cancer. The and grass is always greener. He's, absolutely. He's the Kyrie Irving of the NFL. Absolutely. Uh, Baker Mayfield comes out this week questioning the medical staff in Cleveland. Uh, just 
Kitchens completely overwhelmed. I this Cleveland team is just a joke in my eyes. Uh, I think this is the week their season ends. They're going to come out to Arizona. They're going to lose this game on the field. Um, Arizona. The thing I worry about is they have a difficult time defending a pass. But here's the deal: Cleveland is struggling stopping the run. I think Arizona comes out no huddle. You know their spread attack. They run the ball. Difference to me here. This is what this is what swung the game for me. As far as turnover differential, Cleveland is minus five. They're twenty second in the league. Arizona's plus two, eleventh. Um, they're usually they they don't turn the ball over, and I don't. They they threw three picks last week, which skewed these numbers against the Steelers. Steelers have a smothering defense. They will turn the ball over against Cleveland. Arizona wins this game on the field. Lock it up. Wow. Season over, Cleveland. LeMay. Season over. <laughs> They're not over yet. It's not over in Cleveland. 49ers are playing the Falcons. Spread in this one was 10.5. It is now 11. We got in this one, Nick. I got Atlanta in this one. Um, I've been all I've been in love with the 49ers all year. Uh, I've taken them as best bets numerous weeks. I personally think they are the best team in the NFC. But like Baltimore, I think they've played so many big emotional games week after week after week. That was a huge win over New Orleans in New Orleans. Um, I just think this is a game where they're not going to be up for it as much as they should be. It's a letdown game. It's a division game. Atlanta knows them well. Atlanta plays them well. 11 is too much for me. I'm betting the number here. I'll take the Falcons. Uh, under Matty Ice, Atlanta is 9-3 um, and three straight up and 10-2 and two against the spread in their last 13 games in the Pacific time zone. Um, San Francisco, <clears throat> past five times, they've been double-digit favorites. They're four and one straight up, but they're they're o four and one against the spread, so they do not cover when they're big favorites. Um, for the season, the Niners are the second best team against the spread. They're eight four and one. Um, they score the second most points a game. They allow the third least points a game. Uh, Atlanta's numbers don't come close. Um, turnover differential night and day. Atlanta's uh, San Fran's eighth. Atlanta's twenty seventh. It all adds up that. On a neutral, you know, on a normal day when San Francisco, if this were a playoff game, I'd be all over San Fran. But where it falls in the schedule and where Atlanta, uh, the Niners are at as far as emotional wise, it just tells me to take Atlanta getting at eleven. I'm going to take the the points. All right, my set of power rankings have this spread should be thirteen and a half or twelve. The Niners paid a price with injuries versus Saints, but they've overcome these injuries all year. Weston Richburg. Uh, their center got hurt. D Ford is out. Uh, so that's not hurt both sides of their line. But I still think they win both line battles, especially with that Atlanta offensive line on the road. Uh, I think the QB and coaching battles both go to the Niners. The Niners' pass defense without Richard Sherman should be able to handle the one-dimensional Falcons pass offense. This is what worries me a little bit with the Niners. This could be a possible look-ahead game. They get the Rams and Seahawks coming up the next two weeks, and those are very important games. But Shanahan coached the Falcons. He knows that team very well. He, More importantly, he knows Matt Ryan very well. And the, as you said, the 49ers are very good at 
taking the ball away. And I think they take the ball quite a, quite a bit uh, away from Atlanta in this game. I'll lay the 11. Give me the 49ers. Rams are at the Cowboys. This line moved tremendously. The Rams were getting three. Now it's the Cowboys getting two. Uh, I My power rankings have the Rams getting one and a half or one point. I was all over the Rams. Now that it's switched, I'm staying away. The Rams have advantage on both lines. The Cowboys special teams have been awful. Dallas is vastly better in offense and yards per play and third down conversion. Defensive yards per play slightly goes to the Rams, but the boys are better in third down defense. QB advantage, definitely with the Cowboys. Coaching advantage to the Rams. Both teams are desperate. Five-point swing. It, it looks like, you know, the Rams are – I was all over the Rams getting three. I'm staying away from it now, but gun to my head, if I have to take somebody, I switched my pick. I'm taking the Cowboys. Uh, you have agreement as far as uh, fishiness on the line here. Same, I have the same feeling. It's a stay away from me. But I'll lean toward the Rams here, getting those two, uh, minus two. Um, initially, when I saw that line all over the Rams, like you, getting the three. Um, Dallas, 0-6 straight up, 1-5 against the spread, against teams with winning records, and Los Angeles has a winning record. Um, Dallas has burned me. Constantly? At least three times this year. <laughs> um, remember, I projected them to be in the NFC Championship against Minnesota. Uh, that's how confident I was in this team. Their numbers say they should be one of the best teams in the league, but they just – something is off. Uh, in Dallas, I, I can't explain what it is. I, I don't know what it is, but I am off the wagon. Um, they've lost three straight. I think they are have to keep in mind they have Philly next week for the division. So if things start going sideways in this game or somebody gets hurt or there's a question, I think they bail, and they worry about Philly next week, which is more important. Uh, L.A., last seven road games, 6-1 and one against the spread. Their offense has turned it around. Uh, Goff and Gurley, they're putting up numbers now. Um, <clears throat> people don't realize this. The Rams, they're 9-4 and four against the spread this year. They are the best team in the NFL against the spread this year. Uh, under McVay, they are 6-1 and one straight up in December road games. Um Dallas still has the number one passing offense. They run it well. They're seventh against the pass. Things just don't add up. I don't understand why they're not better. I'm taking the Rams, laying the two. Next one up, the Vikings are visiting the Los Angeles Chargers. The Vikings are giving the Chargers two and a half points. Who are you liking this one? This one, again, um, scary game for me. Stay away. Uh, I have not been able to figure out that Charger team all year. Um, you know, loaded up on them the week before uh, against who they play. I thought they were going to – I had all my money in them on parlays. Oh, it was the Broncos. Broncos and lost. And then last week they blow out um, Jacksonville. the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they're that team that now they might go on and, like, win out the rest of the season. I, I just can't trust them. Um Minnesota, last 10 games, uh, Pacific time, they're not very good. They're 2-8 and eight straight up. They're 4-6 and six against the spread. Um, when you get Cousins out of, out of his routine, 
things usually aren't good. Um, San Diego last seven home games, they're only two and five straight up. Their last eleven games at home, San Diego two eight and one against the spread. Um, Minnesota usually plays well against the AFC. Uh, they're sixteen and six against the spread in their last twenty two games. They are ninth in points a game, and they're ninth in points allowed. Um, they're also ninth in turnover differential. So the better team is Minnesota. But for some reason, I'm just worried about this game in San Diego. Rivers has come alive lately. Um, I don't know. I'm sure everybody saw that clip of him no, talking, talking shit. junk to that Jacksonville guy after that touchdown. Um, stay away from me. Gun to my head. I'm taking Minnesota. Oh, all right. Taking Minnesota. I thought you were going to – Zag on me there. I just can't. I just that game is too scary. I don't. I can't read. I can't get a read on it. I, I do like the Vikings. They're they're my they pick. Need, they need the game to stay with Green Bay. They're my pick to go to the Super Bowl. This is a mismatch on the lines as Minnesota has a big advantage even on the road. QB advantage I think goes to the Vikings. Coaching advantage to the Vikings. Yardage per play, third down, red zone efficiency is actually very even. Coaching matters. Special teams matter. The, the Vikings' offensive line on the road scares me, though. And the Chargers' defensive line, the stats are not reality because they had those early season injuries. I'm going to take the Chargers getting points. I, I probably re- regret it. It's a, a stay-away game for me. But I'm going to take the Chargers getting those two-and-a-half points. I, I just don't trust the Vikings and this one on the road in that offensive line. I could easily go that way, too. So, yeah. Prime time, Sunday night, Bills and Steelers. The the spread in this, I think it went to two, didn't it? Down to one and a half now. It's down to one and a half. It's been bouncing around a little. Uh, this game, let's see. I'm going to double check the line. Ah, uh, come on. Buffalo. I got minus two overall. It's, you go to half. Wow. Uh, where are the Bills? My All, bookie's minus one and a half. Also at Circus Sports, it's two and a half. It's uh it opened at minus one. I am uh this was a tough game for me to pick. I I've been all over the Steelers lately. They've been very, very good to me. I'm gonna stick with them. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the, the two points, one and a half. What we, we got one and a half at, at my bookie's one and a half. I'll I'll lay the one and a half. Underrated part of the Bills' success this year has been their ability to stay healthy. They've been really healthy this year. Uh unlike Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Bills offensively are better running the ball, passing ball than the Steelers. Both teams are bad on third down conversions. The Bills are much better in the red zone than the Steelers, 61% to 34%. The defense is even, both giving up about 4.8 yards per play. Third down, red zone efficiency, very similar. Line plays very, very even. I'm, I'm concerned that the Bills struggle and the pass blocking. They, their pass blocking is not that great, and the Pittsburgh pass rush is very good. I think the coaching matchup is very good. I think this is one of the best years Mike Tomlin's ever had. QB play probably favors Jared Allen slightly over the duck. Uh, my power numbers say the Bills should be getting three or two points. The Steelers only have to lay one and a half. Give me the Steelers in this one. McDermott and Tomlin, teammates, William and Mary. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of uh, – and then all three um, brothers will be playing uh, the Buffalo linebacker, the Steelers' safety, and the Steelers' running back. So first time since like 1970 
there'll be three brothers playing in the same game. Wow. Yes. Um, so pretty cool. Um, this game is going to be a war. That's that's what I'm going to say there. Um, Buffalo, seventh time they're an underdog this year. Um, they are 4-1-1 one one against the spread as an underdog. Uh, if they win, they clinch a playoff berth for Buffalo. Um, Pittsburgh historically has owned Buffalo since 2000. So this is a long time ago. Um, their Steelers are 6-0 straight up and 5-1 and against the spread against Buffalo. The last time Buffalo won in Pittsburgh, O.J. Simpson oh my God. went wild, and it was 1975. I think he ran for like 170 yards that game. Um, here's the thing. I think these teams are even. I think this game can go either way. But when you start to look at the history of the Steelers, and uh, I thought about this after that game against Cleveland when you know we, we ran through all those stats and Cleveland doesn't win in Pittsburgh. And listen, you're not walking into Pittsburgh Sunday night primetime and beating the Steelers. It's just it's not going to happen. Uh, in December, Pittsburgh at home, the last 15 games at home in December, they're 13 and 2 straight up and they're 9 and 6 against the spread. 13 and 2 and the spread's only one and a half. Right. Also, last 15 primetime games for the Steelers, 12 and 3 straight up, 9 and 6 against the spread. Let me. Where are the three losses? Probably the Patriots. Probably all right. Probably all the Patriots. Um, <laughs> let me add on this. So I follow, you know, Steelers on Twitter and all that stuff. They're going color rush. So it's going to be a blackout in Pittsburgh. Oh, so they're going anti Penn State. Yes, they're, they're going the black with the yellow numbers. They're undefeated in the blackout jerseys. Oh, uh, you know, I'm always. Uh, you know, here and there on Tomlin, I, I don't know. I don't think he's the best in-game coach. But when it comes to these big moments and big games, he normally delivers unless it is New England. Uh, Buffalo, they've been road warriors this year. Uh, they're 6-0-1 against the spread on the road this year. Uh, their defense is ferocious. They've allowed the second least points a game. Steelers are sixth. Here's the difference to me. Turnover differential. Right behind the Patriots, the Steelers are the second best team in the league in turnover differential. They are creating major turn- turnovers. I think they turn over Allen. Uh, Buffalo's not far behind. They're 11th, but I think the turnover differential is the difference. Uh, neither team can throw it. I think both teams have trouble running it. The over-under in this game is 36. It's the lowest of the year. Yeah, I I, so, and I would take the under if I were betting, but... I'm going to take my Pittsburgh Steelers here. I'm not going to lock it up. Not you've been all over the Bills this year too. I have. I yeah. like the Bills, but I just this game is going to be gritty. This game is going to be decided by turnovers. Monday night, the Colts are getting nine at the Saints. Guns, who are you liking this one? All right. New Orleans coming off an emotional loss last week. Um, they were right there to win that game. Uh, Breeze stepped up. Um, New Orleans last twenty games in primetime, seventeen and three straight up, sixteen and four against the spread. Uh, they've won nine straight against the AFC, but they're only five and four against the spread. Um, last five December games, 
Saints one and four against the spread. So a lot of different numbers here. Do Saints win in prime time? Do they lose in December? Um, Indianapolis versus the NFC, 12 and four against the spread in their last 16. They're three and zero against the spread in primetime games. So they've delivered. Um, this would be a spot that I would like New Orleans normally. I think coming off that loss, New Orleans at home, uh, Brissett has not been the same, and his receiving core is banged up. It's a lot of points to lay, but I think the Saints at home on Monday night, I'm going to lay that 9.5. I'll take the Saints. In disagreement, I'm taking the Colts. I'm locking it up as a best bet. Wow. I'm taking those nine points. The line play is even. I think the coaching edge goes to the Saints, but you know Frank Reich does a good job. QB advantage goes to the Saints. The Saints offense keeps getting better and better. That Colts defense has a lot of injuries, and they, they seem to be getting worse as the season's gone on. Uh, and, the, and that Colts pass defense has nosedive lately. But I think the Colts turn around in this game, and there's a lot of pride, and Frank Reich can coach them up. I think they keep this game close. And you talk about the 49ers maybe having a letdown. The Colts could have a letdown a little bit after that loss. And, you know, that the Colts have already wrapped up their division. And, you know, the, their main focus, you know, they wanted to get the number one seed, and they still could. But I wouldn't be surprised if they take the, the pedal off the gas here and, and kind of coast down the stretch uh, because, you know, tiebreaker situation, they're not getting it over the Niners. Give me the Colts and the nine points. Lock it up. Desperate times, guns. Desperate times call for desperate measures yeah, when coaches locking up games. Absolutely. I'm, I'm zigging when everybody else is zagging. So what, right do we got for, what do we got for records here? What's the, what's oh. the situation? All right, so last week – Myself, you, Darth Wager, AK forty seven, all were nine and six overall. Guys, if you're following us and you're listening, we're we're giving away money. The Joker went with his underdog trick again and went six and eight. So he he's not with us. Uh best bets. Nick, you're at fifty seven percent on the year, thirty nine and twenty nine. But if we take away I text this to you, I believe. If we take away your locks, your five-star stone-cold locks, you would be 36 and 18. Yeesh. Which is like 68%. That's a a great winning percentage. So anything to be learned through 14 weeks of the NFL season, stay away from Nicky Gunn's locks and just bet his best bets, his regular best bets. Uh, The Guns, uh, not the Guns, AK-47 is 30 and 29 uh, with his best bets, I'm 32 and 29, which is 52. percent You want to be at 53 to make money, so I'm, I am actually 52.46 percent. I'm up 0.1 unit on the year in my best bets. Uh, locks, uh, Darth Wager. You know his his best bets are 33 and 35, but when it comes down to locks. He's nine and five, nice, which is sixty five percent, a sixty four percent rate right there. So we're doing all right. Don't don't forget to go to mybookieag. Use the promo code Darth at checkout. You get a fifty percent sign up bonus, and all the picks mine, uh, Nikki Guns, Darth Wager, AK forty seven. They're absolutely free. Go to www.gamblingchalktalkpodcast.com. Picks are absolutely free. You click on the Amazon banner ad. It looks like a book. Squeeze play. I wrote that book. And it takes you to Amazon. Buy yourself something nice, but it's the season of giving. We're giving you free picks, 
buy somebody something nice on Amazon. Use the go through www.gamblingchalktalkpodcast.com, and a little bit comes back to help support the cost of the show at no additional cost to you. And uh, you know, anything else to add to the good of the podcast? Just listen, guys. This is this is this is big boy football these last couple of weeks. This is when it you make or break. This is uh. We got, we got big college coming up. I know LeMay loves the college. He gets all fired up. His Browns are going to be out of it. So <laughs> this is when you got to step up and deliver. I'm, uh, Coach and I, we're, we're fighting in the super contest. He's he's top five in the affiliate contest. We're looking to put up numbers here. We're looking to rack it up. So, uh, you know, we give you our best bets. It's a Wednesday, so it's tough. But things change by Sunday. But as of right now, follow our picks. Free money, guys. We're, we're racking it up. Let's go. There we go. And as always, have a good end to your work week, and may the picks be with you.